0: to the Influence Factory podcast. This program is dedicated to support professionals who have a desire to develop their digital business influence so they can navigate through a fast-paced, constantly growing digital world. We invite newcomers as well as our family of business influencers to a place to play, share ideas, questions, tips, and guidance with other thought leaders around the globe. Sit back and enjoy our program with your host, Dean Delisle, as he interviews guests. News and commentary are provided by Jackson Delisle and Monica Hacker. Power Move lessons are provided by the Influencer Marketing Department at Social Jack. And production, editing, and distribution is provided by the Social Jack production team.
1: Today's show is brought to you by Planable. Planable.io gives your social media team everything they need to really move their creative process forward. It allows you to preview social media posts as they are live, real time. No more screenshots, mock-ups, spreadsheets. Your <laughs> clients can review content from within the platform. And do you have anything to say about it, Monica? It's a great platform. We've been using it now for a month. I love it. Um, it's a game changer in the content world. I highly suggest it. Yeah, go to planable p l a n a b l e eio to start your free trial today. All right, everybody, I'm really excited. Uh, welcome to the uh, another episode of the Influence Factory podcast. And this week's influencer guest is uh, Jefferson Goldie, a graduate from Second City, uh, Chicago, and TV personality. Um, And uh, he just got done filming uh, Worst Cooks in America and is on a weight loss journey as well as I am. So, hey, Jefferson, how's it going? Hey, hey, man. Looking good there, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, so are you. I know it's like you whenever I see your posts on social media, I'm like, all right. I can do it, you know. I can figure it out. I can go in the gym one more time, or I can take another walk. But I can't go in the gym today. That's the only challenge. No,
2: right? do not do that, man. That's yeah. not 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 for at least a couple of weeks. So that's my excuse right now, right? Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: uh, but crazy, man. But overall, uh, I just want to set context for the audiences. You and I met, uh, you know, because Jackson, uh, my son, is in uh, Second City, Chicago, and then you're in Second City, Chicago, and it's funny. Uh, how people meet. But I think Chicago is especially special because people just network and collaborate. And, and next thing I know, it's like, you're, you're on stage with Jackson's group, and yeah. then he's on stage with your improv group. And then I just, I don't know, can you speak to that a little bit? Just how cool Chicago is for you around that? Yeah, man. Of course. Like
2: Chicago is, you're right. It's a huge networking like city. People just have that Midwest charm about them, man. You know, you can strike up a conversation with them anywhere you go. This is how we are here. Uh, You know, I don't got to tell you guys, but I met Jackson last year in January and we had one class together for improv class. And we, we all kind of clicked right away. And I knew like the teacher kept getting our name mixed up because I'm Jefferson he's jackson so it's like it was you know i think it has the same amount of letters in there as well (laughs) syllables yeah right (laughs) so we eventually uh i told him i had to skip level b to go film uh the tv show but i i remember promising i think it was jackson and a few other people from level a that once you know this is all said and done well i'm guaranteeing us we're going to get back together and do some sort of improv at Second City. And that's what we did. You know, we started to do some shows together and yeah, man, just, it's such a great community there. I, I love you at Second City.
1: Yeah, that's cool. So, so take us back to Little Jefferson. So, take us back to, uh, sort of growing up, uh, cause, you know, obviously all of a sudden you're on television, you're at Second City, and you're doing all these new projects, we'll, which we'll get to. But I want to know, sort of, uh, you know, how did you grow up? What was it like? Did you grow up in Chicago? So, give us a little background.
2: Yeah, man. Um, grew up in the city, uh, my entire life, the North Side. I grew up in like Rigbyville around, uh, Addison and Lincoln area. So, so C- Cubs
1: fan then? 100%, man.
2: <laughs> you know, best day of my life when they won the World Series. And I I tell that to my wife because I knew the Cubs before her. So, <laughs> you know, they were always there for me first. So she right. understands. But, yeah, I grew up in the, on the north side of Chicago. Um, I always had weird big dreams, though, man. It's like I remember when I was little and I, <clears throat> I had this anytime I would go to sleep, I remember I don't know why it's just coming to me right now, and I would uh, just you know say my prayers or whatever, and I would say you know I can't have like a regular nine to five job. I don't know, and this was me like at ten, eleven years old, right? And I said if I don't make it in, because one of my dreams were playing baseball for the Cubs, uh, and I said if I don't make it, you know I'll just become an actor, and now that's actually coming into fruition, so. That's
1: it's cool. Kind of weird so, how that worked out. So dreams way early on, and dreams of playing yeah. for the Cubs, right? So then, did you wind up playing baseball, or was it street ball, or like I played sand lot? So I don't know if that resonates, but that's how I started. So
2: absolutely, man, I played baseball from you know when I was young. My dad, he actually had a scholarship to play for the Cubs, and there's a story out there. Every time I tell it, I get a little bit more angry. Um, it's just I don't know if i could go back in time and kind of tell my mom hey let my dad go to the farm system for the chicago cubs you guys will make it don't worry but she got pregnant with me Uh so that's why my dad didn't end up going and i don't i don't know i don't really talk to them about it this too much because again when i bring it up i'm like this is a huge opportunity and you're telling me mom held you back what, you know, so like, I kind of, we kind of argue about that every time we get together, but you know, it's, it's all in good fun. Um, but yeah, I played baseball my entire life, man. Uh, third from age of 13, I was on traveling leagues. I played in, uh, Yankee stadium, uh, Minnesota, you know, all, all the pretty major stadiums I played for. And it was, it was, it was a dream, but it was also becoming kind of reality as well because I was actually pretty good uh, even though like for, I've been big my entire life too, Dean, like my entire what, what, posi-
1: what position did you play?
2: I played first base and pitcher. Okay. So I can hit and pitch, but I couldn't run to save my life. Cause I <laughs> I was always. Like was the always, big,
1: like the big hurt, right? So yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> I can, I can hit, but it just, it never worked out because after high school, I got a scholarship to play uh, at Memphis. And I had to be red shirted for a year, which basically means for the people watching this, you have to uh, sit out for an entire year um, because of my grades in high in my senior year. Not because I was bad academically. It was because I had all my credits already to graduate in junior year. So I really didn't go to school much senior year. But that kind of brought my grade down. So it kind of bit me in the ass a little bit. But, yeah, I was that was my main main goal, man. Is focusing on playing baseball and I still love it today. I want to get back into it. So,
1: yeah, it's sort of funny. I, you know, a lot of people can't resonate unless they grow up playing baseball. And I, I grew up playing Sandlot and I moved around early years, but I can remember the thing was not to get picked last, you know, if you were going to play, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, with your friends and stuff, and then you wanted to be a captain someday, right? You wanted to be the guy that, that picked all the players and, and had a team. And, um, so uh but growing up i i was like you man i was all in travel ball everything and and just um and it just so happened that that high school hit and and again if you could take stuff back i changed direction and i always loved football too and so i and i was a street fighter growing up on the streets and so it was like wrestling and football all yeah. my friends were doing it so i just went yeah. that direction and i would walk past baseball practice like as because he had to walk past the baseball field to get to the football field and I was just that's funny look over, that. look over and shake my head and go man I should be there and I was like you I could smash the ball I I was I could throw from center field to to home plate and I was also a catcher and then I was only wow. a pitcher good enough for one inning though so as soon as the ball went into the backstop they pulled me <laughs> But uh, I could throw hard and I could hit hard, right? And so, um, but there was always that back of my, I'm getting chills talking about it, but when Jackson was little, you know, he he got into t-ball and so the minute I stepped on the infield for the first time in I don't know how many decades with just being a t-ball team, right? But I stepped on there and I almost cried and I just got these chills and I was like, it just felt good to be on a field. Did you ever experience that?
2: Yeah, one of my cousins, my my cousins right now, his dad is his coach, and I think he honestly has a better shot than I did uh to make it if he really wants to make it in minors and majors, you know, it's so hard to break into the major leagues. We all know that. Right. But I think if you have a good support system that's someone that's gonna push you and like just be on your ass all the time about it, but in a respectful way as well, I think it's gonna be a lot easier to get there because for me growing up it was weird my my dad played baseball right and he was this amazing pitcher but at the end of the day I feel like they didn't push me hard enough to really pursue that dream as a kid and it was there I think it was really close and the reason I didn't go was because like I just didn't want to sit out for the whole year you know and and at that age I was what 15 16 maybe I shouldn't be able to make that decision on my
1: own. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, I agree. Exactly. My, yeah, my dad, my dad supported me a thousand percent. It was just my own choice. But, but you know, again, you know, it's like you and I wouldn't be sitting here talking about other cool stuff had we right. made other decisions. And who knows? I mean, I know. Exactly. I've I've had I have relatives that almost went broke in the farm system, and they were good. And I was just yeah. like we don't know what we would have blossomed into, but the cool thing is we are who we are today. So, so then, so then moving on, what happened after, you know, sort of that period of your life, where'd you go next?
2: Yeah. After high school, um, I had no regrets because again, I always had these big dreams and I would always feel in the back of my head, you know what? I'll do something cool. Um, by always you know maintaining some sort of steady income you know you, you got to have you got to be you know realistic as well so i uh, became a musician <laughs> after high school <laughs> i got a i've been my dad's also a piano player so like i get a oh, lot cool. of like, the talent from him and growing up seeing him playing like 80 disco band i'm <laughs> like oh that's that's cool <laughs> you know so i was like i always i always knew how to play piano from ages like 2 But I was like, I don't want to be a piano player in a band in the year 2002, uh, you know, just kind of like it was it was boring for me. It it really is like I still play to the day. Like I'll produce some some beats for hip hop artists and R&B, you know, people. But I was like, what's a cool instrument? And of course, I went with drums. So I pick up the drums. I bought a drum set. And at the time I was living with a couple of roommates and we had this huge attic upstairs. And I was like, oh, I can, you know, I can learn how to play. And I taught myself how to play. And what, fifteen years later, I'm, we're we're still going strong. So that's that was my next, uh, you know, endeavor being a yeah. musician.
1: I was a, I was a garage drummer. Uh, started early middle school. And uh, shout out to to Mary and David. And we were the three dogs. And I remember p- painting my. My uh base lid you know, and putting the three dogs on there, and she was more of an artist, so she put the dogs on there for me, but it was just it was pretty funny, just like and we were we were okay Wait, you did know? you say metal school or middle school, yeah, right, so you know middle school, but okay. it was but no. it was literally we played all metal, you know, yeah. so that was that's what was rocking in the seventies, so we were literally was... like anything you know heavy metal was where we were going but uh but that's it was true. fun, you know, I think there's um Uh, I don't know. I think there's a synergy and camaraderie that you probably feel with uh, improv and Second City groups and teams like that, uh, where there's like this synergy with just being in a band. Do you know what I mean?
2: Of course. Like, and I actually brought that up uh, to the the, my group. It's very similar being in a band and being on stage with your, you know, improv, which your improv group. Like you have to count on each other, you have to rely on each other, just like being in a band, you know. If if I mess up, someone got to pick me up and be like, "Hey, you know, everything's gonna be okay." Same thing in improv. It it, it really it works. It's so strange. I remember because I've been in bands my entire life, and then I started doing improv, and I was like, "Hey, this is a lot like being in a band, so, right?" Yeah, that's 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 uh, uh, really
1: that? <laughs> Well, that's how I described that when they when they found when people found out that uh, Jackson was doing the 90s show with you and mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, is that OK? Did his other group shut down? And I go, no, it's like being in a band and you want to sit in on a set or, exactly. you know, you, you know, you're a singer, or whatever. And you just you just play I know guys that play in five different bands, you know. So, Oh,
2: yeah. I was one of those guys. I was in four bands at one
1: point. Yeah. Well we both know Gary uh out there Guzman. Yeah. So he's he's usually jamming. Shout out Gary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Shout out to him. So um so then you so then you uh were doing some musician stuff. And then what about school? Where did you take school from there? Um so I kind of gave myself a
2: timeline for music. Um if I didn't become somewhat like I don't like to use the word successful in it because I felt like I was, you know. Um and success to some people may be different. You know, it's not about just making money. I was, I was happy and I was traveling with my group and we were making decent money and I was just having a lot of fun, you know, having that freedom to go play different city every, every day is something you can't really, uh, you know, you you tell it to people they are like, Oh, cool. It's like you, something you see in like in the movies, but it's so it's, uh, I loved it. Every time I went on tour, (laughs) it was great. Right. But at the end of the day um i told myself when i turn when i start getting in my 30s i'm going to go to school for tv and radio and kind of focus on that because i do a lot of things in my life dean like and i always want to do them 100% okay i don't like yeah. to half ass anything so I knew with, be, with me being in a band, I wasn't going to be able to dedicate my time and my efforts to really focus on TV, you know, and radio for our school. So I turned 30, the band started settling down. My singer moved to LA. It was perfect timing. And I, uh, I went to school at, it's called the Illinois Center for Broadcasting. And I graduated from there, but they taught me everything from, you know, TV, radio, hosting a radio shows, um, some acting techniques, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know. I had a timeline. It was weird and I stuck with it, you know, and here I am today. So.
1: So did that uh, lead into the the TV show, the first TV show you did or did that did Japan come first? How did that happen?
2: Uh, the TV show happened first. Um, and that was, uh, that's social media, man. Um, the power Isn't it crazy? Isn't
1: it crazy? It just, it, I've been in it since day one, since almost day one, but it's like, it still baffles me that that sometimes we can't predict when something's going to take. And when we think something's going to take, it does it and vice versa. Right. I mean, Absolutely, it's crazy.
2: <laughs> and I tell people all the time, like, first of all, if you're trying to break into this industry, uh, be careful what you post on your social media. Right. you if you're trying to be liked in stuff here, don't talk about politics. Like you, oh, can go, yeah. you can go on my page right now. You won't find anything in me talking bad or good about, any sort of politics. sort <laughs> you know, and that, that kind of landed me the job on the, to hosting a TV show. It was a, um, it was a contest. And I remember it was 2015 or 16. And the title read looking for the next TV star. And I was I don't I had no idea what it was. They asked for a 30 second clip of a a video clip explaining why you would be a good host for TV. I sent it in and they liked me. Um the thing was I was in Florida at the time with my wife. We were just, I don't know, celebrating something. And I got an email from the TV show saying that they want to interview me live on TV. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and <kept> <laughs> so i'm like okay i'm gonna hop on a plane uh next flight you know whatever it's fine and they said no no don't worry about it we uh we want to actually talk about hiring you for you know hosting a tv show
1: wait without audition
2: yeah without auditioning wow uh, which i kind of at this time didn't believe them because i was like uh, i want to come down here let me just you know go through all the steps but you know they kept their word and Three months of testing, you know, reading. It was a long process. And I finally got hired at uh, WCIU.
1: Cool. So, what was the show?
2: It was hosting a block of TV shows, a primetime called Tonight on the U. Yeah. So, basically, if you're at home Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to midnight, and you're watching Family Guy, How I Met Your Mother um what else is on there king of queens seinfeld
1: oh yeah for sure i watch that. yeah
2: yeah i'm the kind i was the guy that popped up on your screen between commercials and would be like hey coming up in this episode kramer is crazy so don't (laughs) go anywhere you know
1: that's that's what i did so it's almost like social media you were you were the engagement manager of making sure the audience didn't leave when the commercial popped on
2: yeah we were doing like some trivia questions you know talking about dogs you know trying to captivate their attention you know because everybody we all know that no one has a a large attention span these days
1: yeah it's down to six seconds you know and and we say that a goldfish has nine so we've you know really gone downhill so um so so with that, before we go to Japan and, and sort of hear about that, um, so, so social media, what year is this with the TV show, I guess? 16, like, 2016, right. Yes. Yeah, so, so then social media is popping, right? So Facebook is around, LinkedIn's around. What did you, what did you find out uh, how social media helped you at that point?
2: You well, know? I'll, t- I'll tell you how social media didn't help me. I don't oh, here we go. That way. When the Cubs won the World Series, <laughs> uh, um, we were all in Rigbyville, uh, my friends and I, my cousins, and we always said, if the Cubs win, we're going streaking. You know? <laughs> and God was, bless you, man. <laughs> I was like, shit, do we keep our word? And I literally just got hired by this company, maybe two, three months prior to them winning the World Series. And I'm like, no one's going to see us. There's a million people out here. First thing we do is get interviewed by all the major channels on, <laughs> on in Chicago. I wasn't naked. I had my boxers on, but it yeah. got back to them. And I was like, listen, it's just once in a lifetime. Sorry. Yeah, I did it. You saw me on getting interviewed on all the major networks. I was like, not going to happen again, but I hope a couple
1: of those things, you know, like, at least you didn't, at least you weren't streaking alone. That might've been right. a crazy. Me and my cousin. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think of uh, what is that, old schooler word? Old school, or, yeah. <laughs> where he's like, come on and nobody follows him. We're going streaking. <laughs>
2: uh but to answer your question, how has social media helped me? Um I I put a video out about a Ade- remember that song Adele Hello? Oh yeah. Hello. I did a video, me bored at work, three o'clock in the morning, and um some kinda of internet celebrity shared it and it got at the time was for me it was a lot of views. It was like two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand views, which was great. And social media helped me land a job because the T V station saw that video and then they went through all my other posts and they saw me making, you know, funny videos or whatever. They're like, Oh, I like this guy's personality. but I would as you know, Dean, I like putting myself out there. I have no shame in my game, you know. Uh, not having a shirt on is okay with me running around yep. Chicago. I'm, I have no shame, you know, and they like that. So they, they actually gave me a opportunity because of my social media presence.
1: So, wow, that's cool. Yeah.
2: It's it yeah. was great. So anytime someone talks, you know, shit about social media, I always tell them that story. Yeah, you know, like, hey, it can also be beneficial.
1: Well, we're going to do an article on this too, so we'll write about it and uh, share some of this. And I think you know our mission has always been with this show is for people to hear stories, and we're all in a different journey at a different time when we hear things, but to be inspired to know that you know I, what I hear a, a theme here is that, like you said, when you want to go for something, you're all in. There yes. is like there is like no turning back. You're just like going for it, and I think that's a message all in itself.
2: Yes, and I appreciate you saying that because that is. It's, uh, it's been, I've been like that my entire life. You know, I've always been, like, I always try to tell this to my close friends and my, my siblings, like, don't, don't be a a follower, you know, try to lead, you know, by example and people respect you for that. You know, I I try to do that. And,
1: and I will, no, no, I take that back. You do that. Yeah. thank You man. don't try to do that. You do that. So
2: yeah, I appreciate it, man. You know, and I hope people see that and I try, I, you know, I do do that, I guess. Um, but also I'm humble about it. You know, I don't, I don't like bragging about stuff that I have, what I've done. Um, a lot of people don't even know that I've done TV, you know, it, it's cool when people come up to me in the streets and like, Hey, are you the guy from that? And I'm like, yeah, you know, cool. Let's take a picture. You know, I have, <laughs> And that's a whole nother subject when celebrities <laughs> think they're too big to take a, a picture. Like, yeah, I would never do that. Like you, you can write that down and
1: come or, back. Like, or like baseball players that won't sign the autographs for right. the kids. I'm like, come on, man. Exactly. I'd give anything to be in your shoes to just Absolutely. help inspire these kids, you know? 100%, man. I agree. So then, uh, so then what happens after? Does, does Japan come into play then?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, not being in a TV industry any kind of uh, media outlet, they change faces there all the time. So we were—I was there for two years, which I thought was a pretty good run. Yeah. for my first official TV job, right? And I—I I was like, okay. So they didn't. None of us got fired. It was me and two other people that got hired, and. We were like, okay, so what happens next? I'm like, yo, I don't know. Let's just roll with the punches and see what happens. And then I started auditioning for like TV shows and just whatever I can find online that would put me in front of the camera, basically. right? right? And I came across this uh, Japan show. It was funny enough on Craigslist, I found it. (laughs)
1: Almost (laughs) thought it was a joke. Right. They're like,
2: (laughs) bad red we'll pay you $10,000 to come to Japan for two months and you get to lose weight. I'm like, you're going to pay me money to come to Japan. One of the places I've always wanted to visit and you're going to help me lose weight. Like what's the catch, you know? So that was another long process too. Um, but then, you know, came Japan. I got the call that I, I made this show. They flew me out there and I was there for, I was there for two months and i lost over like 62 pounds wow. in that in that time eating all japanese food the, the premise of the show let me tell the audience about the premise of the show it was seeing how americans uh can lose weight on eating all japanese food not having any american diet so wow. we had i had zero american influence in food it was all japanese food and at first it was a little intimidating because they eat a lot of fish so I was waking up for breakfast, eating fish pancakes, which yeah, I was like, well, I don't know about this. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not picky. So, but I got used to it, you know, and then we right. started getting some protein and chicken and beef. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, but the food was delicious, man. And when I got back home, I put on 25 pounds instantly. Like, I'm talking about the next like couple months just being back in America. Wow. You know, just we're so different out there. The only big people in Japan are the sumo wrestlers, mm. you know, and they do that because that's their job, right? Everybody, the, this is just the, um, the society out there, the culture of Japan is so amazing. Have you ever been out there?
1: No, I have not. I
2: remember I'll tell you a quick story. I was in Tokyo and it was a Friday evening, 4 PM, busiest city in the world. Right. And I lost my, uh, wallet. And I had my, my had my passport in there. Oh, jeez! I had about four thousand dollars in there. Oh. I had my IDs, I had everything. And I this was the first week of me being in Japan, so I'm freaking oh. out. I'm like, oh my god, I'm a new resident of Japan because I'm not going back home. Like, how am I going to get back home? And I had a translator with me, so she would help me, you know, like purchase things or just like you know, because the camera on me twenty four seven. So anytime like the producer or director asked me a question, I would turn to my translator and she would translate it. So I told her, I was like, Hey, uh, what am I going to do? She said, you know, don't worry. We'll come back here on Monday when the police stations are open, because apparently the police stations are closed on the weekends.
1: <laughs> How is that? Right. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Did you imagine that in Chicago? It would be-
2: Exactly. Yeah. Oh so God. I'm like, well, there's no way I'm going to find my wallet. It's gone. You yeah. know, hopefully I just need to get a passport in that next two months, I don't know the process. It's going to be hard, but anyway, so we go down there, police station on Monday morning and lo and behold, man, I walk in and I had my wallet there and all my money was in it. Not a dime was touched. My passport was there. And there was a little note that read, um, no need to call and find me and say, thanks. Just want to help out a foreigner. (sighs) I'm like, what the hell? Like, imagine that you losing your wallet here in Chicago, Dean, five minutes, it's gone. Your credit cards are, you know, it's, it's crazy. So that's the, that's the culture out there. I
1: literally love Japan. Wow. That's awesome. And then, uh, and then you come back and, and then what, where you at at that stage where uh, you come back and uh, uh, what happens sort of next career wise, you know, related to media.
2: Um, Next career wise was I got back uh, which is a year and a half ago now, maybe. So at that time, I just wanted to focus on losing weight, you know, because I was out there for two months and I learned how to, you know, eat right and working out. But I mean, I'm not one of those people are going to sit here and tell you that, yeah, working out's great. I love going to the gym, It it makes me motivated and it makes me energized. No. Okay, it makes me sweat. It makes me tired. I hate the people. I don't like. Going it again. I hate it. So I figured out a way to do it at home and still burn all the the calories that
1: I was burning. So you know, work smart, not hard. So, what are your favorite uh, three, a couple of tip workouts that you like? What do you like?
2: I like so I this this is dumbbell routine where you lay on your back and you have the two dumbbells and you kind of doing a crunch like kind of like you do doing a sit-up, but you're going like this. What you oh. said. and i do about 50 of those and you feel like a worm after it, man and that that one actually- i'm gonna
1: try i'm gonna try that i like that idea yeah
2: that helped me you know trying to get yeah. these back apps so
1: <laughs> and uh i think those uh belly flops in the pool have got to help too because i love that <laughs> i love that when i saw that i'm like dang he is he is out there man i loved it i did a I couple like- of
2: videos of me uh belly flopping <laughs> in the pool yeah yeah
1: well we are when Camp Delisle opens you're welcome to come belly flop in our pools. So. I love
2: it. I'm in, man.
1: Yeah. So then uh so then how do you uh, how do you get to like that to like Worst Cooks in America cuz all of a sudden that's like a national popular trending show on you know so tell us about that journey.
2: Well actually that's funny. Today what today's the 25th? Mhm. Today was the first day last year that i was out there and met the whole cast so one year this is my one year anniversary today uh uh, going on the show it was you know i don't watch a lot of tv but when i do it's usually bad reality tv or the cubs game (laughs) you know that's all i really watch right and my wife and i that was like one of our you know binge watching shows like guilty pleasure shows and i can't cook man like i I never cooked my entire life. I'm a, you know, my mom would cook for me. My wife is like an amazing cook. I call her a chef. She doesn't think she is. So like, why would I ever have to step in the kitchen to cook? Right. Yeah. Like, what am I doing in the kitchen? I don't have to. So we would always joke about it. She was like, Hey, why don't you try out for that show? You know, like you have a, because also there are looking for people that have a personality, you know, and have a background in some sort of media. Um,
1: sort of like how, like, sort of like how game shows do it, right? They want you to come okay. in. They want to know you have energy, and yeah, you're going to be excited, and some personality, you know? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. So I, I was like, okay, I'll try out. You know, I auditioned. I found a thing online, and uh, that process was, was like four or five months. Wow! And they had me send in a video of me cooking and cutting things in the kitchen. I'm like, all right, sure, I'll try something out. So. I made what I made and I sent it to them. I mean, not the food, like the yeah. email, the video, right? And I remember, ma- I made a, uh, a cheeseburger lasagna with fries and garlic bread, and it was good enough to be picked on the show or bad enough. I don't know. <laughs> wanna... I have the vi- I have the audition tape. I still haven't released it yet. I think now would be a good time. Everybody's stuck at home, not doing anything. To right.
1: I think you should narrate it. I think that would be fun, too.
2: Yeah, I should. It's a long video, too. It's like 40 minutes. Yeah. I didn't know cooking took that long. (laughs) Especially for a cheeseburger casserole design. Exactly. (laughs) You know, but I I put like five different cheeses on it, you know, and I ended it with like single craft cheese. (laughs) I guess that was the part they uh, thought was, yeah, he's the worst cook in America.
1: Uh, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm laughing because i'm watching i'm watching the first show I, I believe it was the first show and i forget what who's the guy that comes over and critiques you What's yeah his? his name alton brown yeah so anyway he comes walking over and he goes hey man you might want to like turn on the burner next time yeah. i was like laughing i go that can't be real did you really forget to turn on turn on the burner that's the
2: thing about that show everything you see is 100 percent real Wow like I've done some reality t v before you know the japan stuff <laughs> was I would say ninety five percent real five percent oh, can you say this? I'll make sure, yeah, uh, but this was one hundred percent everything you saw, we are all terrible cooks, uh everything like and the thing is when you have that clock on you like when you're watching the show on t v and you see that time clock, it's 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 pressure man you have a lot of pressure on you because you have to plate it it has to look oh decent you know you got to make sure you're not poisoning anybody (laughs) but yeah everything was legit on that show and there's a lot of things they didn't show which kind of i'm kind of uh upset about but i have a podcast coming up quick plug and i'm going to talk about all the behind the scenes stuff that they didn't show and i'm going to be interviewing Some past winners and uh, all your favorite contestants. It's called the worst podcast in America.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Nice stuff. So, um, so then, um, so is, so, you know, you went through that and was the audition process like to get to the actual show? Cause I'm thinking, you know, well, geez, if you have a a regular job, did you have to take time off from work? I think a lot of people want to know how that works.
2: That's a good question. Absolutely. You got to take time off of work. Uh, luckily the job I've been at, I've been there for 17 years and I, uh, I have a lot of vacation time, you know, wow. like I, I get six weeks, six weeks of vacation time per year. Wow. That's and cool. I had, I don't know, maybe four weeks left or three weeks. So I was cutting it close because the whole show is you can be out there two days or you can be out there for a month depending right. on how long you're on the show. And as we all know, I did not win. Um, I think I was kind of robbed when I got sent home because first of all, would you rather eat a little bit of burnt chicken or uncooked chicken? Right. We all know that answer. (laughs) So I feel like I was robbed. I should have been there a little longer, but it was, it was such a great experience, man.
1: So Uh, do they, do they shoot like a show a day or what's, how do they pull that off?
2: Sure. So the first, so the one episode is two days of shooting. Got it. And we're wearing the same clothes for those two days to make it look like it's one day of shooting. Yeah. So the first half of the episode is something called like a, uh, the main dish challenge. I don't remember. So like we go in there, we just cook, no one's getting sent home that first half hour. And then the next half hour is where someone actually gets sent home where we have to replicate their dish. Exactly. And, uh, that that's, two days of shooting and it's long days, man. I remember leaving the hotel at 7 a.m. not getting home to 10 p.m. at night and it's just straight shooting. Uh, You know, some breaks here and there, obviously, but it was so fun. Like all of us clicked instantly and, you know, we became friends so quickly. Yeah. It
1: seemed like it. It seemed like you guys were tight.
2: Yeah. It was like, my 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 favorite. I don't even want. I loved everybody on the show, but like the people I was closest with out there was Mike, uh, Mike Jones, and then um, we had Ryan, we had Monica, the girl that won, Shannon. We were all close. We were like our little click And I, I think I can talk about this here. I, I might talk about it on my podcast too. I don't know how many people are gonna watch it. They take away our phones right when we get to the hotel, and we get it back when we get to the hotel. Um, but we can't leave. We're not allowed to leave the hotel because we're under strict supervision. The producers, like, yo, you cannot leave this hotel because they don't want, they don't want it getting out that we're on the TV right. show. Right. But we're in New York and it's WrestleMania last year. <laughs> you know, I'm a huge wrestling fan and my friends were in town because we were supposed to go to WrestleMania anyway. So we were like, man, you guys want to get out of here for a couple hours? You know, we felt like we were sneaking out, but. We all snuck out. Well, not all of us. A few of us. I'm not even going to mention their names, just in case they get in trouble. Ryan and Mike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, we snuck out and we met all my friends at a like a bar downtown in uh, New York, Times Square. And we got back. It was fine. We only stayed out for a couple hours, but then we had to wake up at 6 a.m. the next day and start
1: shooting. So. It was fun. It was a good experience. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And then um, the whole second city thing started with a gift from your wife, right? Was that a surprise or did you ask for it or?
2: Well, I grew up like what, 10 minutes from second city, my entire life. Wow. And all my favorite actors have came yeah. from that. You know? Which Chris one's Farley? your, which
1: one? Yeah. I was going to say, who's your favorites?
2: Uh, Chris Farley, uh, Tina Fey, um, and definitely Steve Carell. Yeah. And just knowing that I've been on the same stages as them, like, it's such a crazy feeling. You know, like when you actually think about it, like, okay, they're performing here and we're performing here right now. And I watch the office religiously every day. You know, it's so cool. But I always told my wife and I told everybody, I was like, you know, I, I feel like I should try Second City at least. You know, like, I put myself out there on the internet. You know, I like making funny skit videos. SNL would be my dream job. And we all know this is this is where you got to start yeah everybody has been on snl i think what i think the, the numbers were uh 85 percent came from second city cast. Right. so i'm like all right let's try it out and uh i always kept pushing it back because i was always so busy with music right. and doing other things so one year my wife got uh classes for me for christmas and it was great i'm like oh, okay cool you gave me something to do for eight weeks thank you babe And uh, it turned out like they will have my money forever now because like I I can't stop going. And after I graduated level, there's five levels, level A through E. Right. Then there's a whole other process to get into the conservatory program.
1: Which congratulations. I saw you're in. So.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Um, That was a, it was a kind of scary audition just because, you know, that's like the next step. And then after that, it's like main stage hopefully. And then after that, you know snl we'll see what happens right um but it's weird because with everything going on in the world today the coronavirus we're doing improv online and that is awkward okay
1: (laughs) they don't train you for that (laughs) no
2: so it's a little weird but you know it's still uh,
1: it's fun. it's fine That's cool. So, uh, so what do you think about this whole virus thing going on? I mean, it's the first time that I can remember in my lifetime where, uh, you know, it's like all of a sudden it's like, Oh, you know, cause I love those movies that have this stuff going on, like, you know, outbreak and all those movies. I'm like a big fan of anything, you know, I'm, uh, oh you know, day after tomorrow, I could name every freaking right. scene in you- every disaster movie in the world. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, this is like something that's really happening. So I
2: know that that's, so I'll say as early as two weeks ago, I thought people were overreacting, you know, and I was yeah. one of those people. I'm like, you know, I think today's age will be living. I don't think this would have happened, say this is 10 years ago. I just think everybody's a little bit more cautious of what they say and everybody's
1: connected more.
2: Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't, I think people are exaggerating, but now with with everything, everything shut down, and just the, the severity of it, I'm on board with the two week, you know, staying your damn house effect. I'm okay with that. Yeah. um The thing is, I don't. I was I was severely sick in January and February. Same,
1: yeah, early on.
2: In yeah, the and I had all the symptoms that I've been seeing on TV, and my wife had it, my friends had it, and we're like, did we have it? Like I posted something on Facebook recently and everybody's like yeah we all had the same things so like i don't know it's just cons- conspiracy
1: i'm thinking i may have had it but i mean i'm yeah. a
2: strong boy so i beat that shit if
1: i did know, <laughs> <Ditto. laughs> well, i know and then uh yeah so i don't know you know i'm like there with you but what's interesting is uh the creativity of what we do and how we react and respond and and I hate to say it, but I'm one of those that, you know, I grew up on the streets, right? So the streets of Gary and the south side of Chicago. And so I'm used to like, you know, hey, if you fall down, there might not be anybody to pick you up. Dust yourself off, figure it out and keep marching forward, right? Same. So, so I'm just like, you know, almost embracing it to the point where it's like, uh, let's... Let's just figure out how to pivot and what is working and who is still working and who's in business and let's stay connected like this and let's. I, I just planned a family cocktail hour with my entire family for Friday night at seven p.m. and we're going to do a Zoom meeting and and a oh. bunch of us. So beyond having cocktails and uh, you know just having fun, you know, and so I think I think it's a whole new time where we should learn how to be together when we can't be together. But what's your two cents on that?
2: I, I will piggyback on exactly what you said. So like people that are creative right now have been stepping up. Like they've been doing concerts on Instagram. Yeah. And Facebook.
1: I saw Dave Matthews is doing one coming up. Right. So.
2: You know, this is great. I'm like, I want to do something like that. <laughs> like, I, for me, honestly, like I always try to, I love the feeling I get when I can make someone laugh or make someone smile. And the messages that I get, on a daily basis that I inspired someone or I make their day. I'm like, "What me? That's crazy. Well, thank you. And I appreciate it. And it makes me want to go even harder because if I know, I think if I touch someone's life and I don't even know just because of social media, it's such a crazy, indescribable feeling that I get, And it's like a high for me, you know, I don't even do drugs and I I love it. So I, I always want to make people just like tune in and, See, see what's going on, you know, and my side of the world. Because I think a lot of people, they don't know me personally that well. They just know me as this guy that does weird videos on the internet and that's that can't cook
1: for shit. So <laughs> that's
2: what they know me as. That's
1: funny as hell. I might add. So So, thanks, man.
2: so <laughs> I want to do something like that as well. Like I'm thinking of some ideas. I like your idea because me and my friends, like we go out every couple weeks here. You know, we'll go to like a local karaoke bar. And we haven't been able to do that. So like, we are kind of like fiending to do something. So I might maybe do a karaoke night. Ah, yeah. It.
1: Yeah. For shit. I'll, I'll join that. I like, yeah, I, right. I can sing karaoke as bad as the next person. So, um, <laughs> well, and I was, I was thinking, what if you had, what if you got like your band together? I don't even know if, how this would work, but I know, I know that people have recorded separately and obviously stream music, but is there yeah. maybe a way to, to have, uh, To have five band members, whether you're in a room six feet apart, and call it, just call the band six feet apart, and then you guys guys are just sitting around in a room six feet apart, and you're jamming, and maybe that's a new thing, you know, I don't know, or maybe you do it all virtually, and you're all virtual. I don't, know you'd have to run it through. I'm sure it's
2: been done. Yeah, exactly, man. Today's day and age, I'm sure all that stuff's been done, but yeah, exactly, just like that, man, doing something to bring the people together. But I've I've been, like, I have my my Japan TV show that I've never shared because, first of all, it's Japanese. Okay. They overdubbed my voice.
1: (laughs) Did they really? I got to see this now, man.
2: (laughs) But it's three hours long. So, like, what better time to share it now? (laughs) Right.
1: If you called Uh, Netflix.
2: (laughs) Right. I might might share that this week. Um, Other than that, everything's been going... It's just you know America shut down right now, and we are. I feel like we're all coming together. Like I get that nine eleven vibe, where it's like how America came together after yeah, all that happened. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and uh, and that's 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 awesome.
1: Yeah. And we're doing that with our neighbors. Like before running out, you need something, and I think it's sort of brought people even more together in a time of need. You know, absolutely, yeah. So and
2: I saw. Day. Uh, sorry, no I go. Asked, I asked my neighbor a roll of toilet paper because I didn't have any. <laughs> and I saw him coming home with a pack. I'm like, "Oh, where did you find that, sir?" <laughs> you loaned me a pair of uh, your uh, roll of toilet. Paper. Now I'm good. I'm set. I got some toilet paper in the house, you know. And we could talk about that. That that's just weird. I don't know why yeah. people are hoarding that. Stop it.
1: What was crazy too, it was like funny. I, and I saw some funny posts about this, but you know i'm I'm gluten free with my daughter, but I had to pick up some bread for the for Jackson and Holly, and all of a sudden, I'm coming around the aisle and the I took a picture and posted it the bread thing was annihilated and then my buddy my buddy posted i think wasn't everybody just on keto and I think keto is no bread or carbs, but I'm like, where did all the where did the carb craving come Where's in the carbs
2: go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually doing that right now too, and it's kind of hard doing like a diet and you know when we're on lockdown but I'm Dude, this is
1: probably the hardest thing like i for whatever reason and i'm used to just being out and on the go all the time and uh and so all of a sudden i feel like oh my god i have to like take all the power within my soul to go shut your mouth and don't pick that up
2: right man <laughs> and my wife has like she's not only a great cook she can bake so right and I can't tell her to stop her life, but you know, yesterday I woke up to like these amazing chocolate cookies. I'm like, shit, I'm having one. Okay, I'm on lockdown, America. I'm having a damn cookie.
1: Well, we're, we're we're even a little worse than that. We have big containers of like fresh gummy bears and chocolate drawers of. It's just terrible, chocolate man. But drawers? it's yeah, a- where you just open it up and it's like Kit Kat, dark yeah. chocolate, white chocolate choices. You know, it's like Thank oh my man. god. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, the uh the other day, what did I do? Oh, I um I did I had this bright idea. I said, I'm gonna walk to Target. And it was snowing out that day a couple days ago it was snowing out. So I walked to Target and it's a couple miles round trip, something like that, or whatever. And I, I get there and I'm like, I'm gonna buy a backpack, just an excuse to buy something. And then Holly sends me a list and it's pretty big, but I got like a whole shopping cart into a backpack and then I walked yeah. home and my, my neighbors are like, what are you doing? It's not like you can't drive. <laughs> and I go, I'm getting a workout in, I got two conference calls in and I picked up stuff I needed. So there, there you, you go. go. Yeah, improvise. It <laughs> I love it. Here, uh, any other things you're, any other things you're doing to improvise around this or.
2: Well, my job hasn't shut down cause it's a hospitality job. So like everything for me is literally the same that it was months ago. My wife's shop has shut down. She's luckily getting paid to be at home, which is awesome. Good. You know, thank God for that. Uh but for me, like, yeah, I still go to work every day. Um, I'm waiting for that call to say not to come in. And I'd rather not. Honestly, like I think we do need this two to three weeks just to stay away from everybody completely. Shut down everything. Except, you know, I mean, apparently I'm essential to my work. I didn't know so, that. Are, so are
1: we, yeah. Cause right, cause exactly. Yeah.
2: We didn't know this, right? But I think I think we're, we're, we're heading in the right direction. Hopefully, you know, I, I, we had some big plans this year. Like I have a vacation coming up in uh, one month. So I'm hoping the borders are open for that. If I not, you know, I'm guessing go on a later date, get my money back somehow. But you know, if that's, that's not even a thing on my mind right now. Just, I want yeah. everybody to be safe. You know, that's, that's the main thing.
1: Yeah. I just got an alert today from like Southwest of like a list of flights that are $39, like round trip. I think it was like crazy. Uh-huh.
2: I found one to Vegas cause I was supposed to go to Vegas for Easter. Uh, it was $19
1: round trip. Come on, man. $19 <laughs> on, on March 25th, just to date stamp that. So right. exactly. <laughs> crazy times we're living in. All right, man. Well, uh, so if you were just gonna, you know, people that are thinking about, you know, maybe showbiz or just going for it, you got any like final words of just um, encouragement for people that are thinking about a, 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 you know, a career in media or maybe improv or whatever? <clears throat> uh, just just because I love the fact that you are all in and you go for it every time you do something.
2: Well, I can I can wrap that up in just like one sentence, and I really like using these days. And it's kind of like YOLO, you know, you only live once, but I use it a little differently. It's, um, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and that's what I've been doing. <laughs> so let me just go for it. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. A shout out to my uncle, Rick. He always goes, uh, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. So that was always his saying. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There's
2: so many things like that. I, like I that. know,
1: I love it. I love it. All right, man. Well, listen, we appreciate you and uh, love having you on. And we'll have you uh, on at the next chapter. I'm sure there'll be other big chapters. And please invite us. You know, we love sharing your stuff out there and uh love being part of the social jack family and uh thank you again for being on the program
2: and hey man thank you so much this was a lot of fun and we gotta keep doing this you know keep doing what you're doing you're awesome at it both you guys so yeah thanks for having me on man i really do appreciate
1: it all right man well we'll see you online buddy all right man take care all right take care
0: Thank you for listening to the Influence Factory podcast. We welcome feedback and suggestions. You can provide these by visiting our website at www.myinfluencefactory.com. And if you are interested in Social Jack's 90 Days to Influence program, you can simply go to 90daystobusinessinfluence.com and simply ask for the next steps. We invite you to download episodes on your favorite channel, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and who knows where else in the future. We will also provide occasional on-location live streams with special guests that we will announce in our community Facebook group, Business Influencer Alliance, as well as on all Social Jack channels. Our mission is to help you build your digital business influence with this podcast, as well as inspire, educate, and entertain those who are hungry to collaborate in a cool place with cool business professionals just like you.